0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode thirty. Thirty digits. Is that how we do it? Of that was a hoot.
1: A uh, Rocco's modern life recap series. It threw you off because I said too many things. I no, I was I was there. I was
0: gonna say double digits and then I was like, thirty digits? That's too many digits. That's like <laughs> how many how many millions and billions of episodes would that be? That's
1: a lot. Yeah.
0: it's at least as many episodes of uh the original IFNZ podcast Maybe. out there. Yes. I think so. Could be. If last time I checked, I think there was at least that many. At least triple digits.
1: Yeah, it was triple. This uh, is true.
0: Have you ever sealed anything with a kiss in real life?
1: I feel like I probably did when it was at a tide of popularity.
0: At least, at least if it's just on a lark. Was it tide of popularity uh, July 14th, 1996?
1: Um, I don't know. Let's see. I would have been 10. Possible. Yeah. No, I would have been eight. Possible. Possible. Either way. I, I I feel like at one point in time I did Swack. Uh, but I don't know if I sealed it with an actual kiss or if I just wrote Swack.
0: I think I've done both.
1: Probably. Both times
0: it was just being goofy, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I wrote Swack. And the only reason I knew to write Swack was specifically because of Season 4, Episode 5, Segment 1, Swack. Really? For real? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I would have been 10 at the time. I don't think I really would have. It would have been in my... No, mind to be like and I don't know. It was not really something that was in the forefront of my mind to think right. like oh sealed with a kiss. Why should I do that? Yes, I
1: don't know. I don't know. Air July fourteenth, nineteen ninety six. The uh, summary says Rocco sends a love letter to a mail carrier, but when he thinks she has a boyfriend, who turns out to be Wallace, the pizza man from Junky Junkies or Junk Junkies Junky Junkies, uh, he tries to get it back.
0: Rocco was writing a letter signed "Love Rocco." When he sees the male person's coming, Rocco has a crush on the male person who is also appears to be a wallaby, which we don't see that many That's of in, in O-Town. This is is a, uh, Melba, a is, right? Uh, Yes, she was another. Well, we don't really. Did we know that? I don't know. We never really see her like full on. I thought we did. Okay.
1: Didn't matter. Regardless, he yeah. fawns
0: over her through uh, the window, misses the opportunity to give her his love letters. So the next day he mows the lawn while she comes by. Uh To casually drum up small talk, but mows a deep track in the yard while uh talking and misses his opportunity once again uh the next day he gets dressed up, closes his eyes, and hands his, her a letter to uh and hands her the letter and some flowers
1: it doesn't appear I think you're right we haven't seen Melba ever We see her arm, yeah, um, I was gonna say
0: I think we see like appendages, but i don't think we see even like a tail to be like oh she's obviously another wallet right
1: nothing to go one way or the other. you're correct.
0: I'm going to say she was a hot dog.
1: She could be an elk. Ooh, hot elk. Hot elk. Remember when Heifer dated an elk? He brought an elk to dinner. All He's right. back on elks left and right. <laughs> back to the episode. But she isn't there. Instead, Heifer is working her route. He has somehow become a male person. And, uh, and he tells Rocco about everything that Rocco got in the mail today, which means he opened everything. He's like, you got to pass, do this. And your mom's doing all right. And. Uh, We find out that the mail lady's name is Alicia and she's out sick today. Heifer recognizes that the letter is a love letter and says Wallace from Pizza Face Pizza won't take that very well. He won't give Rocco back the letter, though, per the postal creed. Uh, Rocco sneaks on the mail truck at Heifer's next stop to find the letter.
0: I love how seriously he's taken this job. Yes. That he has gotten between, uh, like, the handful of days that probably the episode isn't. Telling. Right. Yeah. Uh, at the post office, we see the workers smashing fragile boxes, uh, reading people's mail on a stage in the break room like it's a comedy club, um, opening packages of cookies and playing baseball with boxes or basketball with boxes. Sorry. Uh, Heifer returns the and loads uh, his mail out of the truck with a pitchfork. Uh, Rocco gets put in the mail basket and he gets put through the sorting machine while trying to find his letter, uh, while getting sorted, Rocco doesn't pass inspection, sucks for him, gets formed into a box, uh, a la, what was the episode where Spunky gets turned into the Chinese? Yeah, uh, I was trying to think of that. Box. Yeah.
1: I couldn't think of that <laughs> whichever
0: either. one that was uh-huh. where he's trying to throw the trash out. The one with Earl, like one of the first big yes. occurrences of Earl. So he gets turned into, uh, the box itself. And uh, returned the cinder stamp lit and placed on him. Uh, he's then flown across the world, put on a ship, sailed to an island, swung through the jungle jungle with a monkey mail person, and uh, is delivered to his own mailbox
1: somehow. I like all of that. The guy who, like, it's all robots in there, and then there's the one, like, human in the little sorting area that has to lick the stamps. And he's very, like, droopy, he looks over, he's like, I hate my job, or something like that.
0: I like, it's like the, uh, pin perfect accuracy of our, uh, our postal service for the <laughs> USA. If, if anybody's, uh, listening overseas, you know, like for us here in Southern Illinois, we send something out in the mail before it can even go. Even if it's in the same town, it has to fly or, or drive all the way to like St. Louis and then back to where it goes. Cause it has to meet that transit before it can go anywhere.
1: It's rough stuff. It's silly. Um, So what I took from this is Rocco had that letter in his possession. Mm -hmm. All he had to do was hold on to it, right? Or just rip it up. He could have, like, this could have been over. He could have taken that letter, ripped it up, and been over with. But he chose not to, and he lost it in in all of it. So meanwhile, Heifer is delivering mail like he's throwing out candy on a parade route. He's just throwing letters left and right on the road. Uh, He delivers the letter for Alicia to Wallace when Rocco runs up to stop him, but it's too late. Heffer offers to read the letter to Wallace because Wallace is looking like he's struggling to read it. And while he does this, Wallace gets upset and starts smashing his car. uh, After Heffer finishes reading uh, the letter, though, uh, Heffer thinks the letter is about him, that Rocco's writing this loving letter about Heffer, his mail carrier, that's only been his mail carrier for one day. And uh, Wallace stops his tantrum, and in his tiny little voice, he's like, it's very sweet. He's like, you and you? You it's about that. you? It's so he thinks sweet. I think it's so sweet. Yes. Uh, Heifer gives Rocco a
0: ride back to Rocco's house and then gives him a letter from Swack. The letter is from Alicia, and she says Wallace is her brother and also thinks that Heifer uh, is cute and would like his number. Effer says he's in love and drives away. Alicia shows up and puts her arms around Rocco and says, just a little postal prank.
1: Mm -hmm. The end. Such a cute little episode. Uh, My question to you, have you ever had a crush on someone, but thought that they were seeing someone already, and it turned out that that person that you thought they were dating was just their sibling? Absolutely not. Not. Okay, moving on. Episode five, segment two, magic meatball. Love this episode. The summary summary on this one. Ed Bighead is finally promoted, albeit on a whim by the higher-ups, at Conglamo and relies on a fortune-telling toy called the Magic Meatball in order to make quick executive decisions or face demotion.
0: At Conglamo, the executives are throwing darts at a board of names. They throw it at a square with Ed's head on it. So he is being promoted promoted to manager and is on his way out when one of his co-workers throws the magic meatball at him in his face as he's getting on the elevator. Uh, he's taking over Doug Niedemann's spot and uh, on the whiteboard of his office, they wrote dead big fed, dead big fed. Uh, they kick Needham by hitting him the down button, which just opens the floor up underneath him and drops it down. Uh, stacks of forms start dropping from the ceiling for Ed to start filling out.
1: He gets stuck on form number one while the stacks keep dropping. Ed stays there all night and then asks the magic meatball the question that's on the form. The meatball gives the definitely yes answer. So Ed continues to answer the forms based on the meatball's answers. The next morning, the executive was bringing in Ed's replacement just like he did with Ed the day before when he realized Ed has finished the work. So they move him up and get rid of the replacement.
0: Uh, So this continues each day uh, with work getting completed and Ed moving up a floor until he is now in outer space and he is presented with a decision about employee parking. Albeit, while this is all going on, he doesn't ever leave the office, right? Like he's still sitting at this desk and you see a day and night cycle, like cycle as he's going up higher and higher.
1: Um, I got the sense after the first day he was probably just going home because he seemed well rested after that first day. But you might be right.
0: I just didn't, because it's almost like he knows that the meatball is what he's relying on at this point. So, you know, he's just like, I can be, I don't have to worry about anything anymore. I just shake this and go.
1: Right. You yeah. know, bing,
0: and it keeps going up and up. Uh-huh. Ed gets cocky about it and makes pa- makes a uh, paper airplane with a form, which knocks the meatball to the edge of the desk. Then Ed slams his fist on the desk, knocking it off and breaking the glass. This meatball, then the meatball responds with ow, cough, sputter,
1: cough, and then... Nothing. We then go into a dream sequence where the meatball comes alive and Ed tries to nurse him back into feeling well enough to get an answer out of him. He gets the meatball Chinese food, a recliner, TV, soda, spaghetti dinner, and then even lets him throw pies in Ed's face. But the meatball starts to cry because he feels empty and all he really wants is to get married.
0: So uh, what any sane man would do, Ed marries the meatball Uh, But when Ed demands an answer to his deadline nears, they get into a fight. Uh, The executive and Mr. DuPette walk in as Ed is arguing with the Bergen Magic Meatball in a wedding veil. Uh, The executive hits the down button on Ed and apologizes to Mr. DuPette for wasting his time. Uh, Then we see Ed at the Meatballs Anonymous group, where they are all evidently a lot of people that have problems with their Magic Meatballs that they've used.
1: Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> uh, question for you: What is the worst way someone has messed up your name? Like Ed had with Dead Big Fed. Uh, you got a pretty common one.
0: Yeah, but I feel like mine can get mixed up with so many things, anyways. Like I, I, you know, you get like Dustin, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I've gotten like Jason. Uh, one times I said my name and someone thought I said Rich on a phone. Yes, that's like awesome. Richard, but like Rich. Yeah, I was just like, nope, Justin. <laughs> yeah, that's probably that would probably be the worst I Yeah, I've gotten
1: shade before. Uh and like I was throwing like, shade. That's a that's an interesting name to just be shade. Uh but yeah, I mean, I get Chads all the time. That one's the the pretty normal one. Or uh, Shod, you know, they pronounce the A's long, so you get like a, a Shod, <laughs> uh, Shod Schaubert, and they think that maybe it's not necessarily like pronounced in an english kind of way like maybe it's mm-hmm. in more of a, like i thought you were gonna little... say mordor <laughs> <laughs> you know like,
0: it's like a little, middle it's, mordor it's, a little in it's, it's a more
1: mordor-esque it's got a lot mordor.
0: more lots on the top of the <laughs> yes. name than I, than I previously had
1: no i was gonna say more like middle eastern uh kind <laughs> of pronunciation uh with the double a in there but uh but yeah yeah shade is probably my favorite one
0: uh let's get into episode six segment one closet
1: clown Air date is July 15th, 1996 on this one. And the summary is, after kicking out a clown, Ed finds the clown's red nose and leads a double life as Ed the Clown.
0: Uh, a clown and a duck are driving through O-Town. That's the <laughs> best setup for naughty, not only an episode, but a joke. A joke, absolutely. <laughs> uh, when they get a flat tire in front of the Big Head house. Uh, in the house, Bev is on the phone when she gets off the phone, says uh, says hello, to which Ed says, you don't have a sister. And Bev responds, well, that's peculiar. Outside, the clown is trying to air up the tire. And Ed says, it sounds like a clown's outside. Ed grabs a rake and goes outside to tell the clown that he does around here. This is the most racial thing off the top.
1: (laughs) Yes, it was. It was kind of uncomfortable (laughs) to watch it. I was like, this is like, it's deep. I mean, it it ends somewhat well at the end but there's definitely like i don't know it's it's
0: like a whole cycle of racial acceptance if you consider clown a race but i don't in this world i do
1: i don't know that's what i had more of a time with the way that this episode pairs out it doesn't feel racial as much as it does like homophobic oh uh, because because of because you have
0: to pay more attention to the notes
1: well only because of the way that well we'll get into it Uh, so next the, uh, the clown makes a balloon animal for Ed, but it pops and Ed chases them around the vehicle and says, I need to go back to Scandinavia.
0: Is that where all our clowns are from?
1: I don't know. (laughs) Uh, they hop on a bus to Norway and get out of there, but I will tell you that I did not know Scandinavia is an area that was once called Scandinavia, but is now Norway and two other countries. Mm -hmm. I did not know that.
0: A Um, lot of separation over in that, uh, that European area.
1: Right. Uh, the next day he has their van towed away and the clown nose bounces out of the car. Ed goes to throw it away, but decides to keep it instead. Later that day at work, Mr. Dupet has everyone played the name game as in like Shad Shad, Bobad, B5, Fad kind of thing. Uh, Ninaman starts, but it's a different Ninaman than what we saw in magic meatball episode. Uh, mm-hmm. because this Ninaman is a, uh, lizard, whereas that Ninaman was like a pig or something.
0: I love that it's so formally uh, like a formal version of the name game.
1: It's like it's, it, like
0: it is in a in the sense of like you're at a round table meeting and it's just like uh Nedeman, Nedeman, Bo Biedemann.
1: Yes. And like it's it's almost as like an introduction as it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a round table to be like everyone introduce yourselves, but instead of doing it traditionally like Hi, my name is Shad, it's like the name game. Oh, Shad Shad Bobad, Fee, Fi Fad. And then everybody's like, Shad, because then they say it and they remember the name. So it, it's mm-hmm. clever. It works. But
0: it probably should be something that we incorporate with our work people.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like, I on a,
0: like tomorrow, whenever we have my morning mon- Monday morning meetings, I'm going to mention that to my boss. I'll be like, hey, I was watching Rocco <laughs> and this idea came up. And, and that's like, the, 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 it'll be how it starts. And he'll be like, no, you're fired.
1: <laughs> Just start with Justin, Justin, Bo Bustin. <laughs> Bo
0: Bustin. Uh, That needs to be my name on something, Uh like on like Switch Online or something like that. Absolutely, (laughs) Bobas. You know who it is. It's (laughs) Justin. So Ed sits in the meeting thinking about his clown nose. After the meeting, uh, he goes into the bathroom, puts on the nose, and acts out his clown persona. Um, which doesn't this at this point in time? As he gets a little giggly, his teeth start like kind of separating, yeah. separating because yes. he gets the and his hair frays a little bit. Yes, but it's only just like when he's putting on like <laughs> yes, whenever he starts doing that kind of a thing,
1: absolutely, yeah. Uh,
0: so he doesn't realize that Mister Dupet is in the bathroom, and he tells Ed to come and see him in his office. Ed goes to the office and is surprised to see Mister Dupet dressed as a clown as well. Uh, Dupet takes him, uh, talks him into going public and gets Ed a birthday gig. And Mr. Dupet goes by the clown named doo
1: <laughs> Ed shows up at the party as himself, and the kids are just going nuts. They're crying. The mom's like, where's the clown? Then he puts on the clown nose and honks it, and all the kids are happy. Uh, he tells them his name is Ed the Clown. Then Ed gets on the clown circuit, but he never is home, and uh, Bev starts to get a little worried about that. Uh, at Filbert's house, they're having a party for Filbert and Hutch's kids. It's nice to see that there's a little bit of continuity uh, that they did have kids uh, mm-hmm. on there. Rocco Heifer and Bev are there as, to, as well. Uh, Bev is a little upset, though, uh, about what's going on with Ed. And then someone rings the doorbell.
0: And it's Ed the Clown for the party. But when Ed the Clown walks to the backyard, all of Ed's balloons pop, along with his eyeballs as he sees Bev. And uh, he just passes out. Bev, on the other hand, smiles at Ed. Ed wakes up with the kids around him, and the baby hutch takes his nose uh, re- with her little hook hand and reveals that it is Ed Bighead underneath. Bev is shocked and then uh, relieved that all Ed has been doing is just dressing up as clown and going to parties.
1: She was worried that he was cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would never. There was a there was a moment like that. Like when Be- when Ed walks in, Ed the clown walks in, that Bev just kind of has this big grin on her face as as Ed's kind of smile drops into a frown as he's worried that everybody sees him. Bed Bev starts smiling, but she doesn't address that she thinks it's Ed. So I don't know if she sees a toad and she just thinks about Ed, or if she sees a clown and she just is happy because yeah. she likes I think, clowns. I think
0: maybe she's like I don't know it's Ed yet, but this person or this clown is very reminiscent of my Ed and I miss him. Yeah. So it made her happy maybe just seeing him. Yeah. And then realizing that it's Ed just kind of was just like, oh, it's even better. God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they talk about everyone having their secrets and Heifer likes to like uh, secrets like Heifer likes to pretend he's a pixie. Hutch mm-hmm. keeps a baboon heart under her pillow. Who doesn't? Filbert wears European style undergarments, which I don't know what those are.
0: Is it just like Speedo? Maybe something like that. that. That's I mean, I know that was European initially,
1: perhaps. And Rocco likes rainbows, though. Everyone shames him for that. And they chase Rocco out of the trailer park. Oh. So my, my thought on it being potentially they're addressing homophobia instead of race is that Ed is able to Ed is against clowns for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. But then realizes that he wants to walk in those shoes and maybe he they're big shoes to fill you know like or or maybe it's maybe because the clown shoes are big i do see that (laughs) or is it like or is it just a, a a phobia of like drag you know if you think about like you don't have to be of any kind of certain uh sexual preference in order to be a drag person Uh, and so maybe it's a fear of drag, and you know I don't know where that came from, where that comes from, but he tried out drag and really liked it, kind of a thing, because that that could be the connection. I don't know, but then it's really weird. I like
0: the term drag person, and I don't feel like it's utilized enough.
1: (laughs) I think it is, uh, in, in in the right circles. Sure, uh, but uh, but then the ending where Rocco likes rainbows, which falls back into the the lgbtq kind of area of things is like well then they shame him for that and they're like gross see like rainbows and so it's yeah. like well i don't know i don't know what they're trying to achieve here but it it uh is a weird episode for sure uh, absolutely we find out that filbert's trailer park is called the Pacho heaven which i don't remember that we learned that at all until now
0: I don't know if we've ever seen a sign above it. No, I know we the last the first thing that comes to my head with with the sign things is whenever they uh what is it, they're trying to park for is it the mall and they pass all of the, the lots and they all have the different signs yes. above them. Uh-huh. That's the first thing I think about with the signs, but I don't think we've seen Patch of Heaven. No. Yeah,
1: I don't think so either. And my question to you this episode is uh, is about clowns why do you think ed didn't like clowns and why don't people why do people generally have a common fear of clowns um common
0: fear of clowns i know not because i am but i know that a, typically a lot of people are scared of clowns because of um the makeup and the mismatch of behavioral patterns somebody that is a sad clown but they have giant makeup that's an exaggerated happy face and the same thing with the eyes and stuff and a lot of times that can throw people's uh you know perception of what's going on if this person's being fake or not and it almost scares them more psychologically that way than it ever is just because it's a clown huh and i know that that's typically associated with people that are scared with clowns because it's kind of like you really just don't know what they're thinking because you know it for them is all an act because I mean, that's what they're doing, but it's kind of hard to see what's beneath the paint, I guess, if you will. Gotcha. But, uh, I don't know why Ed doesn't like clowns. I think he's just, like I said, I think he's just racist.
1: I think he's just, uh, he's scared of what he doesn't understand. Right. Like that's the general part of it is.
0: The only reason I say racist at this point now is because he was like, go back to Scandinavia. (laughs) (laughs) Like we know they literally came from another country.
1: (laughs) yeah that's weird
0: uh what about uh episode six segment two seats to stardom
1: yes the you uh think it's weird it, it might be the it, it, it well it is a weird episode uh but the a lot of these
0: last season episodes are kind of weird they get a little
1: wild <laughs> the summary i wonder if it's like um it's all cutting room and half of them are cutting room floor ideas from like the previous seasons are like well it's it little, could be it's or funny. if
0: it's all just new writing we've kind of briefly over yeah like went over that before too because this is all what steven hillenberg's stuff yeah. at this point in time now so it's kind of a different mindset going into these characters from that perspective that might be why it's just kind of taken a weirder turn
1: yeah uh summary is Rocco becomes a famous underwear model wedgie boy but the lack of free time strains his friendship with heifer
0: Oh, at a Chinese theater-type place, Rocco, Heffer, and Filbert are trying to catch a glimpse of Really, Really Big Man as he's getting uh, his handprints in the sidewalk. Uh, Rocco works his way to the front and asks for an autograph when he gets flung across Really, Really Big Man while photos are being taken, and then he lands into the wet concrete, anus first. Uh, the next morning... A photo of Rocco flying across really, really big
1: man rear end first uh, makes the newspaper. The world famous designer of Wedgie Boy underwear sees the picture of Rocco's butt and wants to find the person behind it, or I guess in <laughs> front of it. Uh, uh,
0: just a quick side. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and throw out here that Wedgie Boy underwear is a European style underwear. This is the model that Filbert wore in the last episode. It just
1: looks like whitey tidies, though. I think it, I just think it is. OK. I don't know. I I got you. Just because it's European, I got you. Uh, they take the piece of the sidewalk Rocco landed in and invite everyone to come down to the mall to find out who fits the mold. There is a long line to try to try it out, including Ed Bighead and the Chameleon Brothers. Heffer tries it and fails, and then urges Rocco to try. It obviously fits Rocco, and he becomes the underwear model.
0: And next thing you know, Rocco is on all the billboards and posters but he doesn't want to be famous. Uh, He is chased all through town by men, women, and even a chair. Uh, Later Heffer calls Rocco to check in on him, but he only gets his voicemail. Uh, Rocco gets caught up with a photo shoot and is late for his movie night with Heffer. And when Rocco gets home, he gets Heffer's message and calls him back. But Heffer lets it go to the answering machine. And the machine says for wedgie voice, not to leave a message. You see him sitting in that dark room. Just just like staring blankling at nothing.
1: Yes. I love it. After a phone call misunderstanding, Heffer decides he's going to give Rocco a piece of his mind. He walks in on Rocco being told by the designer that Rocco no longer has a life or friends, and he is just a product.
0: So Heffer greets Rocco and takes the new deluxe underwear from Rocco and goes out on the runway to model it for everyone without Rocco or the designer knowing. The designer is furious until she sees that everyone likes Heffer as a model, and she takes credit for it. And puts Heifer on the billboards now, so we have a little old flip of the script.
1: That's right. Uh, all right. So if you could model anything, what would it be? Your hands, your face, your hair, your butt, like, your, you know, like a like a appendage, your feet, or, or just your whole body? If you body. feel if you feel good about the whole body, do the whole body. I don't care. Oh man,
0: uh, I'll do hand model hand model for like watches and stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. think I think I could pull that off well. You
1: got a nice sturdy wrist.
0: I don't think I have the the I, I've gotten okay but but I don't have the butt for underwear modeling like that mm. or or a, a huge package to to impress. You know, like I'm not I'm not I'm not filling I get in a yep. huge diamond steam pouch yep.
1: here. Uh-huh. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. and we could talk about it more if you need to. No. I I would say I would model shorts. Uh like boy shorts. Like I think uh like the green
0: ones that you wore that time?
1: No, like a like a regular short. Oh. Because I feel like I got halfway decent legs. Uh, I can short. make a I got a good I can get a muscular leg if I uh if I work on it.
0: You got the gams. You got the them calves.
1: I do got them calves.
0: You work on them calves, but wait. That's right. You know what they say? What is it? Underwear model day is a very dangerous day. This has been IFNZ production.